One, two, three. Let's get this bread. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Have you started the recording? Yeah. Lovely. So, you think uh, you can be an entrepreneur? Well, we'll figure out after this episode of The Art of E-Commerce. To my right, we've got my co-host, Tony. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a, a juicy one. It's going to be a, a very straight up one. You know, we're going to be sharing some some of the truths when it comes to the entrepreneurial uh, journey, especially because I know it's a lot of people already in the entrepreneurial uh, in the entrepreneur uh, space um, who listen to this podcast. But there are also people who maybe are thinking about getting into it, uh, maybe are just getting started and i think this is going to serve them very well because maybe they're going through some of these things uh, that we're going to be uh, talking about and they don't really know how to handle it whether it's normal uh so uh yeah we're gonna get uh, straight into it 100 percent excited for this one um and you know i think to to start off a big thing really is like you could say entrepreneurship more than any other kind of um goal in life really makes someone dream Mm-hmm. right because there is the set path um that you can go down in life the nine to five um and you know a lot of people since the time that they were born like me for example uh, were told okay go to school go to uni work a couple years do your masters and then nine to five for the rest of your life you can retire at 60 and then do what you want to do right and entrepreneurship really allows um for a way out of that Right. And it, it lets you um, dream and, and go your own way and craft your own path. Right. Um, so, you know, there, there's the idealization of it, which is like this beautiful uh, dreamlike state. But there's also the behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Like the stuff you don't show on Instagram, the stuff that um, you you don't really think about before you you plunge it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is all about unpacking all of that and um, seeing seeing what we have to say. Yeah. And um, I think I think that's a big point by right? the fact that a lot of people like the, the entrepreneurial space is one of those things that um, is, is especially nowadays, like it's, it's marketed uh, in a very, you know, th- this very um, incredible manner. Right. Like, you know, the, you you don't have to work nine to five like you get to retire early. Uh, you get to make big bags and, uh, you know, you don't it's it's a it seems like this dream. Right. Uh, now, I think one of the things that, that is not talked about enough is the actual reality of it. And, you know, in this episode, we're not going to be approaching it from a standpoint where we're going to tell you, oh, you know, you have to work hard and you have to sacrifice. Like, I feel like a lot of people have said that, right? Like, you know, that that's already said and we don't want to repeat ourselves. Um, but we're going to be approaching it, you know, we're going to be talking about the, the subtleties, right? Uh, because I don't think, I don't think it's, it's, it's um, the fact that people don't work hard. Uh, because they, you know, the reason why they don't achieve their their dreams as entrepreneurs, it's um, it's some of the things that, that we're gonna talk about in, in just a second. Hundred percent. And um, you know, before even digging into the nuances, it's just the fact that like, some sometimes you're gonna have to do things over and over. And um, the first point we really wanted to bring up was the fact that sometimes those things that you're gonna have to do over and over are things you don't like, mm-hmm. right? Things that you don't find entertaining. And there are gonna be days where it's just gonna be mundane and you're doing the same um stuff that you'd rather not be doing but it's what it takes to to get stuff off the ground yeah i think that that you know this first point right which is people think that um everything when it comes to building a business and running a business should make them passionate and should have you know should have them thrilled and it's almost like as soon as they feel this kind of sense where they don't want to do something right or or uh you know this is harder than they thought 
you know this this sense of like oh this is probably not for me or like um you know progress you know they start procrastinating and all this stuff right uh and one of the things that, that you have to realize is when you start a business, right, there, there are going to be things that you're not going to like. Any business model, whether it's, you know, building a, an agency, an e-com agency or building an e-com brand, like what, whatever business model you uh, decide uh, to go into, you know, I, th- I think that the e-com agency model is, is, a, is a very, very good one to go into, um, especially if you're starting out. Whatever business model, not all the aspects of that business model are going to be fun and thrilling and just exciting and you're going to be passionate about it. Sure, you can be passionate and believe in the business model, but there are going to be things that you don't want to do, right? There's going to be, there, there might be a lot of things that you don't want to do. Uh, there might be things that make you really passionate and it's all about finding those things that make you passionate, doubling down on those, but then realizing that especially at the start where you don't have the capital to delegate things or you know you don't have the the, the self-awareness to eliminate the things that that you know, are not really adding too much uh, to your business. You just have to kind of get them done, right? And I feel like that's a big thing that, that prevents entrepreneurs from having that, you know, success is as soon as it gets a bit hard, they're like, ah, you know, I should probably switch business model. Um, and they blame it on the business model, not realizing that every single business model, every single thing that you do, right, in in, in the world requires, uh, you know, obviously persistence and understanding that not everything is a, is, uh, is, is cookie cutter and, and, and really fun to do. And honestly, based on that, there's nothing like a shitty day in the trenches to make that glorious dream and, and illusion mm-hmm. just that bit uh, that bit darker, yeah. right? And that bit less um, attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's being able to take those bad days and accept them as part of the process to then be able to, like, kick on and, and get on to doing the, the things yeah. you like and learning the things you want to be doing. Yeah. And I think it's another concept that, that we talked about in one of the previous podcasts, which is people don't realize that these bad days, right? These, these, uh, the bad, you know, the, the, the no's that you get, right? These rejections that you get, uh, they only get, you know, get you closer to that yes, right? And so a lot of people go into any business model, right? Expecting the yeses and expecting the wins early on. And I think you can get them, but understanding that, like, especially at the start, right? You're going to get up, you know, and, and even, you know, at the stage of the journey that, for example, my business is, like, you're going to get rejections, you're going to get losses, right? And every single day you have to like, you know, you have to be ready for that. Like everything, every single day you're going to be putting out fires, every single day you're going to be, um, like, you know, you're going to be taking hard nose and, and, and things uh, to the chin. And, and that, that that is completely like, you know, a normal part of the process. And I feel like if you, especially if you undergo that that initial stage where it's really tough because you're not used to it, Right, you've been taken outside maybe the traditional educational system that puts you in this like comfort zone, right? Which is, you know, hey, just do this, and you're told what to do, and you, you kind of have like a very predetermined path to now this thing where you don't really know. You know, in most cases, you don't really know what to expect, right? You may have a mentor that guides you through everything, but you know, at the end of the day, like you feel kind of lonely, you know, in a way, right? And and you feel like you're you're straight off the the traditional path, which you are. Um, it's tough to have that like you know, that, that, that strength at the start. Um, but only, but understand that once you go through that, you're still going to have to do with that, uh, you know, to, to an extent even more, um, later down the, the, the journey, it's just, you get more used to it. Right. And you don't like, you don't really care too much about the petty stuff. Right. And, and, uh, you just see it as, as part of your day and, and part of the process. And that concept of change between the, um, what you're used to, right. The, the, um, be it the education system, be it the nine to five, essentially like that comes down to memorization, being told what to do and regurgitating what you know, mm. right? 
Whereas when you come into the space, you you realize, and this is something that really hit me as I, I've been in the last year and, and really trying to figure things out for myself, it's that in the end of the day, it's down to you, right? Like there's mm. no one there telling you like, oh, you have to do this, this and that. You have mm. to figure it out yourself and you have to, you know, chart your own path, make your own mistakes. Of course, you can learn from others to to really take the fast lane. But in the end of the day, like no one's going to be there to give you a textbook to tell you exactly what to do. Right. It's, it's really figuring it out for yourself. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think, um, you know, that, that that's what a lot of people struggle with nowadays, especially because they're coming out of a, and again, you know, I, I don't want to be the, you know, I don't want to seem like the, the grandpa saying, you know, these younger generations and, and to, you know, I'm, I'm, we're still very young ourselves. So, and I, I still include myself in this generation, but this like younger generation, we have a lot of advantages and I believe in it so much, but I feel like very few people can tolerate frustration. Mm. Uh, to the level that you have to be, uh, that you have to tolerate it uh, if you're starting out, if you're starting a business, right? Like, you know, most people are just, they've been, you know, every, everything has been sugar-coated for them. You know, they, they're used to like a very simple, easy life, especially because, you know, the life that we live in today is, is a very simple life, right? Like if you follow the traditional path, you're going to get a very simple and uh, predictable outcome, right? It's not going to be the greatest, not going to be the, you know, the probably an outcome that you dream of, right? And that gets you excited, but it's gonna be it's gonna be predictable, it's gonna be comfortable, right? And so I feel like a lot of people, very few people have this the tolerance uh, to frustration that you have to have to be able to start a business, right? Like just, I see this all the time, like people are not willing to be, they cannot take frustration. Like they're, they're frustrated so easily, right? And when they're frustrated, they just give up. Or, you know, you see, you know, they, they react emotionally and they make the wrong decisions, right? Because they're emotionally charged, and they're like, ah, oh, fuck this, you know, like, yeah, I've had enough. Um, and I feel like that that's what, another thing that, that you realize as you go through the journey and as you start building the bis- your business um, and you, you start building yourself is that you either tolerate frustration or you're dead. Like you, you just, you, you don't have success. It's it's as simple as that. And, and um, you know, most people, unfortunately, it's, it's what beats them, really. that point on on frustration is is very powerful right because in the end of the day if you can't take this stuff and if you're reacting emotionally and you're you're doing these things that are just like charged based on what you're feeling at that moment without actually being able to take a step back without actually being able to assess the situation and and the Mm -hmm. past for the future there really is like no way that you're going to be taking a step forward and you know dealing with the things that you have to deal with um to be able to move there right Mm-hmm. And um, that really brings on another point that, that we wanted to touch on. And the fact that it's like th- this concept of you having to face um, things you're scared of at the start. Right. Because, you know, let's be honest, it's rare to find someone who um, goes into entrepreneurship or, or starting whatever business they want to uh, start knowing exactly that. Like, OK, I love sales. Mm-hmm. Like I love dealing with complicated people. I love yeah. dealing with complaints. You know, these kinds of things are, are things that, you know, a lot of people dread and, um, it's just part of the process that you really have to learn to accept and, and do better in. Yeah. I think especially at the start, um, it's all about diagnosing the things that like really make you scared and uncomfortable because those are probably your biggest weaknesses. And I do believe that it's all about doubling down on your, on your strengths. But again, as I said, until you get your business to a point where you can delegate, you can build a team, you can 
uh, you know you can eliminate or automate things um with different softwares and, and investments like there really is uh, you know there's a massive need in you understanding some of the aspects of your business that that you're severely lacking because those are directly correlated, correlated to the things that your business is struggling with right and, and the reason why it's not growing especially because at the start your your growth is correlated to your business's um uh, growth right and so yeah 100 i mean people under you know people see like for example in the in the agency right uh specific model uh you look at the agency right and, and you've got the sales and you've got the you know the obviously the marketing of your agency the branding like building the team you know uh, the service delivery communication and reporting and you find very few people who are willing to kind of look at all those components and be obsessed about all these components right and again you don't have to be obsessed about all of them at the same time but like very few people either are too big on sales right and they completely uh, disregard the service delivery other people are great at service delivery but they don't know how to sell um and it's you know it's, it's it, for a lot of people it's, it's this just completely uh you know it's for, for a lot of people is they don't really um have the the tolerance uh, to frustration to learn these new skills and, and to really develop themselves and, and grow in, in those aspects of the business and how would you say i mean i guess for the most part you kind of know what you're uncomfortable with right and you um like you don't really know what you're great at until you actually go and do it um but like in terms of actually like taking taking no's and and taking shit like sometimes it's also the case that like it's not going to be a simple oh no it's going to hurt right like you're going to have put time and effort into this and you think like it's going to pull through and then you know all of a sudden it doesn't how do you how do you take steps forward from that? How do you learn from these experiences? Like what kind of things can you do to actually level up from yeah. the things that hurt? I think the, the first thing that, that I used to do and, and I still do to this day is um, understanding that it, it hurts, right? Like in most cases, especially at the start, it hurts, right? So you just kind of like gather your, your feelings and you're like, okay, I feel this way, cool, right? Uh, but the, the immediate step is let me get better, right? Let me use this uh, as an opportunity. So what I, I did as soon as I, you know, if, if I finished a sales call that didn't go quite my way, right? Um, I would just analyze the you know, situation. Like I would watch over that sales call or I would, you know, if, if, if um, it was a client campaign that didn't go, you know, go our way, right? I would, you know, speak to my team, right? What could we do better? We, we constantly analyze, right? Um, and so the reason why I had that approach is because I knew that if I fixed it right there and then, instead of like giving it, you know emotional energy and just like carrying that through and and being scared of like you know watching that sales call because i did badly right i didn't see i didn't see that as a personal thing like okay i just i did poorly because i don't know right i don't know better but it's not because i'm stupid or you know it, it had no correlation between I, I didn't correlate the performing bad with my sense of worth right so i was like mm-hmm. i'm still on this journey like I, I i know i'm gonna get there so you know this is just part of the process let me analyze the situation let me look at what i could have done better uh, and let me get crystal clear on what I did wrong because I'm not going to do that ever again, right? Uh, and, and that's that's the approach that I had and that I took every single time. Detaching emotion really is, is like what I what I took out from that and that was that's very big, right? Like mm-hmm. not taking it personally, um, not having it, not having your initial failures be thought of as a reflection of you, mm-hmm. right? And, and your worth and, and what you're doing yeah. because in the end of the day, like, your purpose is going to be much bigger than the initial hurdles you're going to have to face, right? Mm. And I, I, this is one of the things that I tell my team members all the time is like, look, the feedback that I give you is not personal. Like I'm, you're, in, you're in this team and, and you're 
you know, you're, you're working towards this vision with us and, and the team because we believe in you as a person, right? We appreciate you as a person. We, we've got love for you and we'll, we'll do everything. Our actions will reflect um, how much we care about you, right? Like uh, through your pay, through everything, right? Through the benefits we give you, through the attention we give you. Um, and so knowing that we value you as a, as a person, right? And we value yourself, you know, you as, a, as, a, as an individual, all the feedback that we give you, We'll do it in a very respectful manner, but all the feedback that I give you is not personal, right? So don't take that personal. It's just, you know, it's it, just because you messed up a campaign, like I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm not saying you're incapable. It's just like, no, you know, we could have done better here. We could have done better there, right? And I tell this also to my team members, like all the feedback that you, you know, feel free and, and, and feel uh, confident in giving me feedback, right? Because I'm not gonna take that personal. It might sting a little bit, right? Because we're humans at the end of the day, we're not robots. But um, when you make that distinction and, and, and you separate both things, right? The feedback and the personal, like your your sense of, of, of uh, self-worth and just, you know, your performance on a specific task, that's really where you can gain a, a whole level of freedom because now you can, uh, you know, you can get better on the performance, but yourself, you know, your sense of self-worth, your, your identity is not tarnished, right? It's not diminished. And so you can keep going, right? You have the, the fuel, the fire is still burning, right? Because you haven't diminished that and you're only getting better here uh, because you're very comfortable in looking at the performance because you just see this performance as, as this kind of like outside thing. Like you're building this thing, right? Like you're building a this business, right? And Or maybe like you're, you know, plugging in a cable and I don't know, it doesn't work, right? And you just plug in another one, but it's kind of like outside of you, right? Like it's not you. You're not like building yourself up. Like you're, it's, it's outside of you. And I think uh, making that transition even though it's hard to understand, uh, making that that transition and, and that shift in, in mindset is, is really powerful. A hundred percent. I mean, I can tell from personal experience the other day, uh, having gotten some of your feedback from, um, like after a, a sales call. And I mean, I definitely knew I had butchered it, mm. but the things you the things you highlighted made me realize like, it's not that it was a shit performance per se. It's that like I got some basic things wrong and I could have done some other things to make it much better. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not saying that it, it would have pulled through excellently either way um, if I had done those things. But like those tips that, that you gave me, like, yes, at first it, it stung and I was almost more defensive than I would have liked to be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, looking back at it and especially like in hindsight now, when I think about the things you said, it's like, yeah, of course I could do this, this and this. Like it's it's just removing yourself from the situation not taking it as a reflection of me and your Mm. thoughts of me but on what i did just there yeah and because as soon and and you said it there right as soon as you have a a little tiny bit of um personal self-worth attached to your performance that's when you get really defensive Mm -hmm. right and i know this because i've done you know i used to do this myself when i was a big headed you know you know i I was just like very just driven by my my mind right and and big-headed guy um, and, and hot-headed as well. And so uh, if you have a bit of like a, a hint or like a tiny bit of, of self-worth attached to that performance, you're going to be much more resistant to take that feedback because it's literally like, it's literally like they're, you know, they're hurting you, right? It's it's very painful, right? Because it, it feels like they're diminishing your yourself, right? Uh, your, your, your sense of self-worth. But once you, once you get rid of that, you don't have as much, as much defensive mechanism uh, coming through because you're just like, yeah, that was a performance. That was a call that I did, but it's not me. It's not about me. Should we cut it there? Yeah, I think there's one last like, wrap-up point. Not being a bitch. I don't even know how to transition to that. <laughs>
think that's that's the answer. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, detaching detaching emotion generally, um, detaching your your self worth from from your performances, and you know, like being able to accept feedback. Right. And that's another thing, like you, you mentioned the, the fact that this generation, including us, to be honest, we're both Gen Z, but like it, it's, it's a common theme that we don't take criticism too well, mm. right. As a whole. And, um, what that does is it makes you, I mean, besides the worst things I could say, like entitled and all these things, like it just makes you resistant to change. Right. And if you're resistant to change, you're never going to be able to take the steps you need and you want to take to be able to go to the places you want to go. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, just just being able to detach that that self-worth and really being able to look at your performance objectively and pinpoint exactly where you can do better so that next time you go on to it, you can focus on exactly those bits and, you know, just get the marginal gains here and there. Yeah, I think if, if someone is to take anything away from from this uh, pod is be obsessive about your your search for uh, for feedback, you know, and obviously vet the people you're taking feedback from you know not not all feedback is created equal um but when you when you know i i remember when i was coming up like i would just seek out um at people in certain areas you know that i that really respected really appreciated right and that were that i knew were way better than me in certain areas and i would just ask for their feedback like how do you think i did in this social interaction or how do you how do you th- how do you uh, think i i you know post myself here and how do i yeah th- uh, whatever it is right uh, and and this I think it served me pretty well, and I think it's it's a valuable lesson that if when you obsess over collecting feedback from people that have been um, have been where where uh, or there are where you want to be, it it just makes everything so easy. And also people really appreciate that you know people that that are where you want to be and can see this like hunger for feedback to you know for for, um, for understanding like what you could have done better. I think they really appreciate that because they know that that's literally the way you learn. Um, so very powerful, uh, very powerful stuff to, to, uh, to implement hundred percent. And just like you said, if they see that you're looking for the feedback and you're genuine and you respect their opinion to the point that you're asking them, they're going to be happy giving it to you. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time, you also don't want to be taking feedback from absolutely everybody. Right. Because like, again, like you said, you want to be taking feedback from the people who are where you want to be not from you know the homie there who's Mm. not doing much with his life and just taking a chill and thinks you're going too hard at it and you should come party every once in a while yeah you know like you need to vet who you're listening to but at the same time taking it very seriously and and applying the feedback you get from the people you respect and want to learn from yeah well yeah i think uh, to to wrap it up right is is obviously the importance of collecting feedback but you know warning um warning the, the audience that uh you know you have to also be very very uh picky right with the inputs you put into your brain because they can be very very um you know they, they can damage it right and, and they can uh they can set you on the wrong path uh quickly so it's just a a, a word of of uh, uh caution right uh, but at the same time i think uh in most cases it is better to collect feedback than to not collect feedback right and and then assess that feedback and, and see if it makes sense but at least have this this open mind to improvement, and I, I think uh, that that that's really what sets people apart. Couldn't agree more. All right, all right. That is a wrap on this uh, part of the e-commerce uh, podcast. Now, if you're uh, listening on iTunes or Spotify, go ahead and leave us a review. Uh, if you can, that would be amazing. And also uh, subscribe for more more episodes. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and 
leave a like uh would really appreciate it and also drop a subscribe um and a little little bell icon so you uh you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes and with that being said thank you tony and i will see you in the next one peace